Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the wise man, Matt Mears. And there's the hundred. Yes, hello, I am the wise man, Matt Mears, and welcome to episode 100 of splinters yes we have finally cracked the century the little podcast that could who would have thought that we'd make it through this far i can tell you i'm secretly raising the bat here in the chroma studio i'm so excited that we could uh bring up this milestone um it's going to be a huge episode we'll have a lot of thank yous we'll get to that later but we better introduce the man he was with me in episode one he had the hosting gig in that one but now, because he decided to move away, we've shifted. I get to host now. He is now banned from the hosting gig. He is our favourite Lord Mayor. Lord Mayor of Lycant, Keith Topolsky. Mate, we did it. Episode 100 of Splinters. Well, yes, Mizzy, we did get there in the end, despite more than a few hiccups along the way, such as you somehow managing to find your way into the hosting chair. But be that as it may, episode 100, a lot of people thought it wouldn't last. I have to admit, at some points, I thought that, yeah, the pandemic would probably claim more than a few scalps in in radio and broadcasting and splinters might have been one of them but we somehow found a way to soldier on through and came out the other side with sports still intact even if well some of the organizations that we deal with might not have been completely intact or completely above board when it came to their thinking not necessarily above board but necessarily straight down the line shall we say but 100 episodes you're quite right and as you heard in that intro 100 not out it's a fair achievement Oh, it is. I, I hope whoever's listening in our in our Splinters team that can use fa- uh, can use Photoshop. My head on a person raised in the bat has to be the photo for this episode. Otherwise, I quit. I'm done. Episode 100, I'm out. 100 not out, and that's where I'm staying. Well, I, I suppose that being the executive producer of Splinters and the person who has had to patch together, aside from the live episodes, every single one of them, apart from Anthony Caruso last week, Anthony Caruso on episode 99 became the producer for one week only, and hopefully we can get a few more people involved there. But I'll see what I can do as far as photoshopping your head onto uh, someone raising the bat. What 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 do you reckon? Who would you like to be as far as raising the bat for splinters? Oh, there's got to there's got to be some good ones. Jason Gillespie. I know you're not the biggest cricket fan, but do you know J- Jason Gillespie? Uh, having lived in South Australia now for the last 15 months, uh, the name Jason Gillespie has occasionally come across my sports desk. Well, yeah, well, as I said, he, he is, for those who don't know, he is the most famous night watchman. Um, he comes in for one test, his final tests, uh, runs out Ricky Ponting, his captain at the time, but then goes on to make 201 not out as a night watchman. So, mate, that's probably one of the most famous bat raisers. I think that's pretty fitting for myself as a batsman and for Splinters as a podcast that that, that would be the one. And try and keep his flowing lock mullet as well. That would be awesome. You don't think it would be a little more appropriate if we put your head on Glenn McGrath? Well, if you can get it from his, like, 61 not out at um, at the Gabba, that would, be quite, that would be quite the one as well. But it's not really depicting a century. But, hey, at Splinters, we make the rules. 
That's exactly right. <laughs> well, we thought we'd have a little bit of fun. We've obviously done some great episodes of Splinters, particularly in the last sort of 10 episodes or so. We've been having fun breaking down all the competitions that are starting um, or have started in the last few weeks. But uh, for episode 100, we had to do something a little bit different. We had to come back to the OG. We had to come back to, to you, myself and yourself, Keith. And we thought we'd try and give a little bit of an insight into what we've been doing behind the scenes and the challenges that we've been facing here, not just doing splinters, but keeping the Triple Eight sports team together. Well, that has been the real challenge of it. And I'm not going to use the U word because we've heard more than enough of that this year, unfortunately, and that isn't the U word I was thinking of. <laughs> but because of the difficulties that we've faced as far as just getting sport out on the field, I remember round one in the NRL and you had the the footballs being washed and players having to sit away from each other on the bench despite the fact they were belting each other a second ago and the AFL played to no crowds in round one and it's been a brutal year and unfortunately on our end with Triple H it hasn't been uh, exempt by any stretch and Magpies Waitara, we heard them um, not being with us right through the season, unfortunately, and the Asquith Magpies also out of what was then the Ron Massey Cup. And if you remember all the way back, we were getting all excited for round one because Fiji were going into the Ron Massey Cup and this was going to be the great new dawn of rugby league. And then, yeah, the lights went out and not that great and plenty going on behind the scenes at the same time at Triple H on a non-sporting situation. So what you thought might have been a a rather laid-back year has actually turned into quite the hectic one. Well, it certainly has. As I said, like, you, all the all the best-laid plans that we had for, for what we were going to do through through winter for Triple H Sport just literally, in a day's notice, got thrown out the window. And uh, we had to scramble. But, hey, we're not the only ones that, that, that had issues. Like, broad, just broadcasting in 2020, Keith, has been something that, it's just had to revolutionise itself just due to the fact of social distancing and, and not having the same access to, to to sports or even to the players themselves that we've had in the past. Well, you've seen the difficulties that certainly the TV telecast has had with trying to get interviews for players and then they're trying to interview players from home and the radio aren't able to get people in there and people have to stay out of the playing area because they're not in the bubble and it just goes from drama to drama to drama and that's when you've got highly competent sporting officials and administrators who know what they're doing who have spoken to the experts who can get a, get their heads around the problems and deal with it in a mature and sophisticated way as opposed to others who <laughs> couldn't get their head around the problem and had no idea what they were doing and just completely lost their minds we'll get to them a little bit later on in this 100th episode the raising of the bat for splinters 100 not out i think we might have mentioned 100 a couple of times there we'll that's try a good number to, to mention like that said hmm. like i think we'll be mentioning it quite a lot more throughout the next 50 odd minutes of this show yeah we'll, we'll try and stop mentioning the number 100 but uh we'll try and avoid mentioning the number 100 100 times before the end of the 100th show i lied by the way we are going to be mentioning 100 i'm quite not a keeping bit, account though no I, I don't think we'll be keeping account either but well, if someone if someone does if someone does message us in on our on any of our facebook or twitter handles at triple h sport and tells us how many times we say 100 in this 100th episode we'll give you a prize 
We'll have to find one. We'll have to figure out what that's. I know what they can give it. They can have Tony Dawson's original Splinters T-shirt. Oh, now that that could be a collector's item in quite a few <laughs> years. That could be a wonderful collector's item. I know I've got mine floating around in a box back in Sydney, some of the stuff that I didn't bring with me. So, you know, it, I, it's going to be a collector's so, item. I'm so disappointed that you're not wrapping that down in Port Lincoln. Well, I, I only had so much room to bring everything with me, and unfortunately, the Splinters T-shirt, there's only really room for a handful of radio stations, and we thought that, well, Triple H might not get the coverage that it deserves in Port Lincoln, so we'll, we'll leave the Splinters T-shirt at home, but as far as Splinters itself goes, generating content for a while there earlier in the year was providing more than a bit of a challenge. It was turning into a real nightmare because, again, there was no sport, to speak of nobody was playing anything and as far as was sport coming back was anything going to happen on the sporting front during the year there was just nothing going on and we had to find new and innovative ways of trying to create content out of nothing and i don't know how but we managed to get through i don't know if we'd cost as innovative but we managed to steal enough content from everywhere else to to patch together some shows but i I do remember when it first hit myself and dom making up some bests of of what happened in sport in the first three months of 2020 and all that sort of stuff it it makes it difficult you you sort of take for granted how much sport there is on and even if your main sport's not on usually you can pivot and and go somewhere else but when there just literally is nothing on other than uh, Andrew Voss call, uh, recalling a game from 1991 um, on Fox Sports, it does make it difficult. It does. and and But I have to say that that was some of the more entertaining, I suppose, content mm. that was generated in that time, just knowing that there was the opportunity to go back and have a look at what might have happened and uh, how somebody might look at it from a more modern perspective and what people might have thought of things that were happening back there. And certainly I'm looking at some of the episodes that we managed to come up with and, okay, the effect of the pandemic on grassroots sport and then a pandemic update. And there was even an English county cricket episode in there that I'm sure you had absolutely nothing to do with and the future of sports media and sporting scandals and all sorts of updates from all over the place. And, we had the best one was having an NHL playoff preview when the playoffs didn't start for another three months or something <laughs> along those lines. And it was brutal trying to figure out exactly what was going on until finally we had something back and we were able to start talking live sport as it was happening again. And then we got back into the EPL and, and before you knew it, it was time for cricket again. I want my football season back. Unfortunately, Keith, it's still not going to still not going to affect where your uh, beloved uh, Balmain Tigers are going to finish on the table, no matter how long the season is. But uh, don't start me on that. I've had to endure 15 months of footy being referred to as that game where they get a point for missing. Okay, so I'm starting to hurt here from the perspective of sport. But the good thing is that I've at least educated my boss on the fact that there are two different rugby codes. So he understands that when he calls it rugby and my head turns red, that he actually needs to call it rugby league now. So I have made I've made some progress on that front. I'm so glad you're getting hot on that that it's I can just slip in now that I call them the Bowman Tigers, not the West Tigers. So I've, I've grown immune less to your fun crap anyway. I've grown immune to your crap anyway. So let's just move <laughs> on to that. 
Well, as I said, we did endure all those all those games with Andrew Voss calling games. One one I one I do remember is is Greg Alexander actually commentating a game that he was on the bench for that didn't actually make it into the team, and he was part of the calling panel and and actually referred to Brandy like he would call he would call the commentators as they were on that day. So he would say like if Cooper Cronk was calling coming up from the under sixes or Brandy Alexander was playing on the bench and he says, well, coming up from the bench before he has to go play in the game, Greg Alexander. But I said, as you said before, it was interesting seeing the modern day take on it as well. But I know for cricket, they didn't go down that right, that path and they stuck with the old commentary. And there's just something about listening to like the, the cricket commentary with like back in the eighties with Richie and Tony and Chappelle and Bill Laurie and all that, that, that sort of gives me the fuzz and the, the feels hearing that commentary back in the day, because I can tell you cricket commentary isn't the same without them. So I think there's pro, there was a lot of pros and cons for that, but at least they were trying something to give us some sort of sport and some sort of escape from what was going on um, around the world. And, a, a respite from uh, the the troubles that we were all having. Is this a good moment to throw in a couple of got him yes and a couple of blow it out your horse, Paul? <laughs> a couple of those ones. Oh sure, if you want to be the twelfth man, go for it. Maybe, maybe he won't do it anymore. Maybe you can be the thirteenth man and uh, just take over from him. Well, that's not something that I'm going to be working on uh, in the near future. So we might leave that to one side. But <laughs> but the way that you're quite right, the way that media was able to adapt to the challenges in front of it and certainly there was at one there was one point where it looked like Fox Sports and KO might fall over and everybody's thinking what a boon this is going to be for Netflix but what a disaster it would have been for for professional sport right around the globe because nobody's allowed to play anything and whether you agreed with that or not and depending on your viewpoints of different things but we're not going to get into the politics of it it really was an awkward time to be someone who had major cash going into a sport or a professional sport that relied on broadcasting money because that really could have killed off any form of professionalism in those sports. And definitely right. And that's why you saw the likes of Peter Volandis in rugby league or rugby league or whatever he just, whatever his take on the word is. Um, rugby league. Push, yeah, something trying like <laughs> something like that. But But trying so hard to get, his sport back on the field quickly as possible because he knows the the financial ramifications and with his with his dealings with with racing New South Wales he was able to keep race meets going the whole way through they didn't even stop so as I said there was ways of doing it we saw with with a lot of the 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 motorsports throughout the thing like my favorite thing over the the pandemic period was the V8 supercars and every Wednesday night they would do the E series and they just have all the guys at home connected through iRacing and they, they'd be able to talk to the players. They'd all have a camera and, and you got to see the personalities of the drivers that you didn't normally see. And as I said, they didn't take it as seriously. So you saw some big crashes and stuff like that, but it was keeping people entertained. And I can tell you, even, even when it came down, like we had to find splinters content, we still had to do a two hour show every Friday night, you know, in the, in the bench. And, having to do a whole segment on eSports to try and fill those two hours as well. Like, yes, I could talk about supercars for five minutes or so and how I enjoyed that. But I said there, there was sports that tried it and did it successfully and, and were able to engage their fan base that way. But it was just hard for everything, everybody and everything. It was, it was people were with, 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 were in withdrawal 
just because of how it was taken away so quickly and and couldn't really be replaced. And that that was the main thing, I think, and you're quite right, is the speed at which everything happened because we complain about the restrictions being lifted slowly and things are slowly coming back and crowds will slowly return. But all of a sudden, it was in round one, we're gearing up for it, and then seven days later, oh, you're just going to have to make sure that, you know, you steer clear of each each person and the football has to be washed and there's these regulations a week later nobody was allowed in the stadiums three days later it's all off and i don't know how people who rely on sport for their livelihoods and live paycheck to paycheck would have gone with that because it it shook me up and i didn't i certainly don't live based on sport i live based on broadcasting obviously but the fact that so many people had their livelihoods just pulled from under them so quickly and everybody's, oh, it's only sport. Yeah, you'll get over it and move. Well, no, that's not the case because for some people, sport is their livelihoods and all of a sudden it put into the perspective the problems we were having of trying to generate content for splinters and the bench in very stark contrast to the realities of life. Well, as I said, well, my 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 nine to five job is very different from from doing this, and and I was obviously and I obviously worked it with it with one of the big major uh, supermarket chains. People who listen enough will know which one it is. I'm not going to mention it now, but as I said, my life was 24 seven trying to get it doesn't rhyme with stores. it doesn't rhyme with dolls or Maldi. Yeah, thanks. It's one of the other two, but. We don't need to. I've had enough of Tony's references of people finding toilet paper in the back seat. I was legitimately scared <laughs> of people waiting for me at the end of bench episodes after I'd already worked 10 hours that day trying to get toilet paper into stores and then come and doing the bench and then people and then have mobs outside the Waitara studios waiting to try and get the, the three packets <laughs> or so I've had in my back seat. So thanks for that, Tony Dawson. I didn't need that at that point in my life. Uh, well... But the good news is you were able to keep your stash at home, though, right? I mean, I never ran out. God, no, of course not. <laughs> no, of course not. There's got to be some perks of work in there. No, but speaking of perks, and I know Kiwi Mick Reinish was very big on this perk, that when there's a cloud, there's a silver lining, and we had difficulties calling Rugby League, which we'll get to shortly, but the challenges of calling Rugby League meant that there were a lot more opportunities to call the game they play in heaven and make you watch in hell. Well, yes, rugby union, as, as it's also known, um, it was something that, that fell into our laps here at Triple H. Obviously, we had the the arrangement with the Hornsby Lions and uh, in the Central Coast Rugby Union competition, which I won't say was on the back burner, but obviously wasn't our main focus. We had rugby league and and all that, which was the number one, the, the Magpies Waitara sponsorship had the big um, sun, uh, Sunday afternoon time slot. And then the Lions was just sort of, yeah, we, lo- we of course we love doing it, but it was sort of, yeah, we'll get it done on a, sat- on a Saturday and then focus on Sunday. But without that Sunday coverage, it, it sort of got pushed as the flagship of... Um, of the Triple H Sport coverage, and um, you had Kiwi Mick, Georgia, and, and myself sort of as, as the Saturday crew, and we got to follow Hornsby all the way into the second round of finals, which uh, we, we, we've talked about many times, that 
I said they, they, they put that big, bold call out there when we had them on the bench the week before their season started, that finals was their goal. We're all, we're all sort of, yeah, we're on the bandwagon. We want to see it, but we're, we're 50-50 on whether it would have happened, and they made it to week two. We won't talk too much about that game. I said I think there are a few of those players that will want that game off over again with the way that they finished off that last 20 minutes. But it, again, it was if you told them before the season started that they'd make week two of the finals, they would have taken that with both arms and the biggest smile on their faces. But as, as you were saying, Keith, it was something that, that was there that we were able to push to the front and our rugby union coverage, I think, was was better than, than, than the rest that was out there, particularly in our genre. And, and it depends on perspective, just getting back to the performance of the Lions for one moment. It depends on your perspective, given where you've come from or where you want to be and where you are at any given moment in time. Because I think the Gold Coast Titans um, would have been very much in the same boat in that if you told them before the season started they'd finish ninth, they'd be doing handstands. But with six weeks to go, if you told them <laughs> they finished ninth, oh, nah. yeah sort of that perspective coming through. But as you say, the fact that things change, sometimes a window does open when a door closes and the opportunity to get into Kiwi Mick's favourite sport, I know that he's a big fan being a Kiwi of uh, calling rugby union from the side because that's where good Kiwis enter the ruck from is the side, <laughs> according to according to a certain satirical online publication. But the opportunity there to expand into a new sport and open to a new market, and certainly I, I from afar, I will admit I didn't have much to do with it, but I couldn't thank the Hornsby Lions enough and particularly on top of that, even more so than the Hornsby Lions, the way the Central Coast Rugby Union came on board and really threw the door open and said, yes, please, get on board, Let, let's see what we can do, because unlike certain other organisations, which, which we'll get to in a moment, the Central Coast Rugby Union and the Hornsby Lions know the value of being able to broadcast their games to a wider audience. Well, it was, and to be invited back to do their grand final day at Central Coast Stadium, that was, I tell you, it was a bucket list thing for me to be able to call from there and, and set us up in the uh, in the media area. And uh, I can tell you, it was great the the way that the way that that we showed up that first day at Woi Woi, and uh, it was something that oh, you guys are the ones that have been calling the Lions. Great, it, it's nice to have you here. It, it was cordial, and as it usually is, they don't know you from a bar of soap, and that they're happy. To to have the coverage, but then it's like a, I find a lot when they sit, actually sit there and they see you in action, they see the equipment set up, they see the passion that you put into your call, and and more importantly, you're there. They can hear you, but they can see that the passion you want to be there, you want to tell the story that the game's going on. It, it builds even more, and as I said, it, the great relationship that we have there, they wanted us to be there even more. Like they, they wanted us to come and co cover everything we could. Unfortunately, being community radio, we have other shows on and stuff. We can't just kick off for for the programming. But it, I said it's been great. It also opened the door to, to call some Shoot Shield games, which is something we've talked about for a couple of years. But due to everything else that we had on our plate, didn't really get too much more than just a mention. But on our off weeks, we were able to go out and and call some of the the better games. Obviously, there's there's rights holders there. There's there's seven two and Swa who did have the community radio rights, but they, they were they were very glad they were very uh, open to us to calling um, some of the games that that didn't have radio coverage. And 
yeah, we weren't calling the, the, the top of the table blockbusters, but we, we had fun. We got to open ourselves to some new listeners and uh, saw the appreciation for the clubs of someone coming out and actually calling their games. So I know we were, we were trying to do finals and at the end we, we couldn't get a deal together, which is fine. It was disappointing, but due to the late of the lateness of when we got into calling it, it's totally understandable. And hopefully that's somewhere that we can grow next year as well and call more shoot shield because there's an appetite there for it. And when you can work with people, you get things done. That's exactly right. Unfortunately, one organization wasn't so keen. We do have an ad break coming up. Well, the intermission is coming up, so we'll be able to deal with other things uh, shortly, shall we say. But, yeah, the most disappointing thing from my perspective was the way that things were conducted by the New South Wales Rugby League. And I won't go into it chapter and verse because Tony has mentioned it several times and there's certain things that even regarding the conduct of certain individuals, you don't like to disclose uh, certain confidential details despite the fact that it would rightfully make them seem... Um, smaller than what they seem to try and portray themselves as with their extensive wall-to-wall blanket coverage of state of origin every day of the year, despite the fact that even someone who lives and breathes and sleeps the game of rugby league like I do, I can't handle that much origin coverage because the glory of origin is its intensity across six to nine weeks and then you wait for the following year but we won't get into the origin side of things but it was refreshing after dealing with such a shall we say unique mindset as that which exists within the new south wales rugby league which seeks to limit the sort of coverage that the sport can get on community radio the fact that the New South Wales Rugby Union and the Central Coast Rugby Union were happy to step up and say, yes, we want you there. Please come and broadcast our sport. And as you say, okay, shoot shield. The finals were, were a bridge too far as far as a contract goes. But Central Coast Rugby Union, I dare say that if there's a potential offer there, then who knows? Triple H could end up being an official partner, media partner of the Central Coast Rugby Union next year. Well said. It's nice to have options on the table. It's nice to have these things there ready to go. It's nice to feel a little bit wanted and and for people to recognise the job that you do. As I said, Kiwi Mick, he stood up. Uh, unfortunately, sort of with rugby league, he sometimes does find himself in in Chony's shadow a little bit with um, being the the number two, number one caller, if that makes any sense. But uh, obviously, this this time round with with rugby union, with the three man team there, he got the chance to step up, and he was the lead caller the whole way through. And I can tell you, even if we were got to do finals and Tony was available, I'd be pushing that Kiwi Mink was the was the lead man for that. He stepped you know, up and he, and he deserved it and he earned it. You know that you've just condemned yourself to never hosting another episode of The Bench ever again, don't you? Well, I'm the only one. I, I need to press the button. So if I'm not there to press the buttons, then who's going to do it? Well, well, on that basis, we might reach some sort of agreement, you and I, that might allow you to host one or two extra episodes of Splinters on that basis. We, we might reach that sort of agreement. Well, well, we'll come up with something and maybe we need to just, we'll, we, we've got our little break coming up. We'll discuss that during that break, but uh, we've got plenty more to come here on Splinters. Obviously, we've been talking about the first, uh, what's happening this year, and we're celebrating our 100 episodes. 
What about the next hundred? Where does the bench in Triple H Sports go from here? Because I tell you, the, 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 as we were even just discussing a, a little then, there is a lot of room to grow and a lot of places to go. So me and Keith, we might just fantasy book ourselves a little bit more. So you're listening here to Splinters, the Bench Podcast, episode number 100 here on Triple H 100.1 FM, or your good and bad podcast sites as well. We'll be right back. Yes, welcome back here to episode 100. Yes, episode 100 here of Splinters the Bench podcast here on Triple H 100.1 FM, triplehfm.com.au, or your good and bad podcast sites as well. I am the wise man, Matt Mears, in the hosting chair for episode number 100. I'm joined by the man that, because he ran away from us down to South Australia, no longer allowed to host, the Lord Mayor Keith Topolsky. Keith, we're having some fun here in, for episode 100, but it's not over yet. No, it's not over yet, but if you, and particularly if you keep calling me the Lord Mayor, then Brad Flarty, the Mayor of Port Lincoln, might have a few things to say about that. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep that as it may, although just up the road in Tumby Bay, I think Sam Telford with his three separate hats of local government in South, he runs local government in South Australia, Sam Telford, so don't worry they, about that. I don't think he's th- too threatened by me at the moment. Do they call him the hat rack? Do they realise we already have one of those? Well, interesting you should say that because he's Mayor of Tumby Bay, he's President of the Air Peninsula Local Government Association and the South Australian Local Government Association, and he still runs his own farm, so I'm sure he's got a hat for each and every one of them, so he probably does need a hat rack. Well, I don't know, but maybe Shane can do a good, maybe can do a good deal for him, but uh, it may be a bit empty with the amount of ones that Shane has. Well... I was a bit worried there that you'd offer to send Shane down to the Air Peninsula. I thought, no, 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 no. You can you can hold on to everybody up there just for the time being because it's a lovely place to just get away and reset. But yeah, don't don't know whether I want any of you moving down here trying to bug me for time on my show. Oh, Shane, Shane would be Shane would be looking for about his thirty first hat, trying to be like your uh, special on the. On the on the scene reporter or something like that, he can phone you in some reports for the the three car traffic jam there is through the main street of Port Lincoln. Three cars, oh, it's a busy day. <laughs> well, we better get back here to episode one hundred of uh, Splinters of the Bench podcast. If you didn't know, it was it is our episode one hundred. We're raising the bat here in the Chroma Studio for episode one hundred. Um, in our first part, if you did miss it, I hope. Hopefully you're not, because if you're listening on this podcast, you've obviously fast-forwarded through a bit too far, but if you are listening on Triple H 100.1 FM, you can download the podcast later on and get the whole show. Um, we, we talked in the first part about the first, well, say, what's been affecting us in the now, how we've got here, the challenges we've had as Triple H Sport this year, but uh, as it's a celebration of 100 episodes, we thought we'd have a look forward and see what made the next... 100 episodes or the next little while bring to us here on Splinters and to Triple H Sport and uh, I said I don't think it's going to be all sunshine lollipops and rainbows Keith but uh, I think we hopefully can go in some, some new and exciting ways. 
Well, we're certainly looking forward to seeing or hearing, I should say, uh, on Triple H and on Splinters, a lot more female-focused content. It was only a couple of weeks ago that Zoe Benjamin and Georgia took over the running of Splinters for a week, and I have to say that for a first outing, it was a, it was a pretty fair effort for a first outing, uh, recording an hour's worth of content and having to host rather than just be the analyst or the guest or the secondary host or the guest host or however you like to refer to it. So we're certainly looking at a lot more women's sporting content, not only on the bench, but also on splinters. So it's a, it's been a good start from that perspective. And the only thing I can hope, and I hope, and I hope, and I hope, is that we do continue with the bench and splinters with far more female content, and it doesn't turn into the Shane Evans hour. <laughs> He is pitching that at the moment to Triple H. I, I, think, I, know, I, think, I know, that's what I'm worried about. I've seen the proposal. He's got graphs and PowerPoint presentations and all sorts of little clip art, and it's, it's disturbing how much work he's put into it. It's surprising how much he's been able to do it in paint in Windows 95. <laughs> like, how he's got all that done on Windows 95, or maybe it was Commodore 64, I don't know, but how he did all that in that I program. Took Photoshop, I took Photoshop away, and he still did a good job like that. I'm worried now. <laughs> oh, I tell you, mate, as I said, some of the things that come out of Shane Evans is very, very scary. Very scary indeed. But um, as I said, as we do look into the future, we look into that crystal ball. As I said, we don't think it's going to be all sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. Obviously, the bench being that Friday night, 6 o'clock primetime sports show, it, it does have its challenges uh, from, from yeah wanting to have that, that, that female focus that we, we that pre-pandemic, we were, we were getting there. We, we did have the girls on the show and, and wanted to make them regular parts of the show. But... Uh, Due to the, the, the circumstances, only having two people inside the studio and all the restrictions that were put on us, it, it did make it hard. We're luckily that, that with all our OB gear, we did some, some crazy stuff, like we were running some benches from home. We could uh, have all the gear set up inside the Chroma studio here and, and did some, some bench at home episodes and not have to go into the studio, which allowed us to have more people contribute, obviously, through the wonders of technology. Obviously, that stuff's still here until we're allowed to have full studios again and, and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, Keith, it, it is going to be something that's hard. As I said, like, people, we're not full-time radio People, the ones that are still in Sydney, uh, we don't have the uh, the time uh, a lot to dedicate to this as much as we do. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how the bench and, and the rest of Triple H Sport evolves over the next couple of years as bits and pieces of the jig puzzle get, get put in, taken out and get moved around. Well, funny you should mention that on the, on the specifics of the people who are still in Sydney because since taking up my role on another station. I won't plug them until the very end. But uh, since taking up my role in Port Lincoln here, I have to say that the amount of time I put into show preparation in a day, being able to produce that on a daily basis, it really does boggle the mind how you're able to produce two hours of content each week. Okay, granted, I do three hours a day, but I've also got a lot more what we call spots in my show. That's a lot more sponsor announcements or advertising. Shane uh, Evans. Adult, <laughs> Shane, 
<laughs> Shane hasn't. Shane's been agitating for a regular spot, but I'm not giving in just yet. I've got I've got another sporting correspondent who, interestingly enough, uh, his name is Beebs, but he's probably a cross between you and Tony as far as the sledging and the all sports knowledge. So it's an I interesting combination. <laughs> well, I might mention that he's a manly supporter. Then he can't be anything like Tony. Well, it, he's got family who um, live on the northern beaches, and he usually visits, when he does go to Sydney, he visits DY. Are you familiar with DY at all? Yeah, that's where Caruso lives. <laughs> you can see it, can't you? Or are you out the other end of the unit block? No, I'm out the other end. Yeah, oh, I have right. to walk out the front door to see through his open blinds. <laughs> you don't want to see through the open blinds either, just quietly. Oh, I'm scarred for life. <laughs> but being able to... To put together one hour and then the two hours, so splinters and the bench, being able to do that without that full-time show prep dedication, um, it, it really does boggle the mind how much work and dedication goes into it uh, each week. So knowing that there's that sort of dedication there, it does augur well for splinters in the future. And as far as that primetime spot, I know that Rick Dunlop, who uh, is the regular host of... I've, I can't believe I've forgotten the name of the country radio show that airs every weekday morning from 5am on Triple H. I, I do apologise to Rick for that. But Isn't it like Pure Country or something? I think it is Pure Country. Yes, well done on getting that. I don't know. I see the ads popping all the time. Well, exactly right. So well done on, on correcting my error there. And uh, the, the host of Pure Country, and obviously Tony does a great amount of work, and Andrew Russell uh, has been a great assistant for some of the outside broadcasts and Stephen Holland the chairman and the board of Triple H have have been huge supporters in helping us to get the outside broadcast going so as far as where to for the bench I think it augurs well into the future for a lot more live sports broadcasting or at least the support for live sports broadcasting is there uh, from the station administration and from those around the station who want to support us and whether those sports come on board or not it's really up to them now. Well, I said, we, I did say before the break that, that maybe there'd be some fantasy booking. For those who don't know, it's sort of a wrestling term where you sort of predict or have your own scope on where you want things to go in the wrestling storylines. So in the bench storylines, like really for us, yes, we, we, we hopefully we, we're not going to talk about the, the, the physical AAA studio stuff. If you know, you know. If you don't, you can go find out. But... Obviously, the, the studio limitations will will obviously still be a factor for a little while. Yes, we're, we're, we can do our sort of bench at homes as well. I know Dom Rizzuto has been doing some good stuff with some pre-records and stuff like that as well, dropping the system um, and stuff due to people's timeframes, what, what, what they can work on. But things when things sort of start to get back a li- to a little bit, bit normal and and people can go around and and go out and and not have that sort of social distancing type things it also leaves stuff for the bench like obviously we have the technology to do the bench from home and we have our codex we have our ob gear does that lead to the bench going on the road and and perhaps being live from a sponsor's venue or from a sporting club on a friday night and and give that and give the bench a bit of a different feel or flavor well, certainly that's been the situation in the past. There has been um, 
previous iterations of the bench that have been given outside broadcasts from no, don't different hospitality me. venues. But uh, I was there. Don't remind me. <laughs> well, you remember it better than me because I certainly wasn't there that night, unfortunately. Oh. But that does provide certain opportunities. And absolutely, when Asquith Magpies do return to the New South Wales Rugby League, it's not a matter of if, but when. And when Magpies Waitara does come back on board, very much looking forward to getting back down there. Hopefully, I'll be able to get over there for that particular outside broadcast when it does eventually occur. It doesn't. It doesn't lead just to the Magpies Waitara. I can tell you there are other establishments in uh, the Hornsby area as well that, that that could be filling that void as well. So, as I said, watch this space here because uh, maybe not just Magpies Waitara. There could be some other venues of that nature as well that that we could be popping up to in the coming months. Absolutely, and that's something that we do look forward to. And even on the periphery of what you might be thinking of for the bench and certainly something that was a focus of mine is the possibility that, yes, when the restrictions are lifted and we can go back to all sorts of sports, particularly the indoor sports, a a little bit more hockey being called would be an absolutely wonderful thing. And, yeah, I know that you're struggling with that, but uh, it is worth mentioning that the Anaheim Ducks missed the playoffs this year, but your Dallas Stars ended up being runners-up. So, you know, there's reason for you to be interested. Well, you went to Dallas and you saw a game. That's reason enough. Uh, Fair enough, yeah. I've, I've been in the arena while they were playing all right they're my team now go let all right for sure yeah that that's good enough so hope yeah hopefully we can get back in and call some more hockey as well that would be absolutely magnificent and we have to wait until as i say the restrictions are lifted particularly because it's a national competition unlike some of the other competitions that we've called which have been new south wales focused the two teams in melbourne and that was never going to happen this season and perth and adelaide and Two Sydney teams, the Sydney Bears, Sydney Ice Dogs, and then Newcastle, Canberra as well. So there's an opportunity there should the border restrictions be lifted and hopefully hockey can return as well, not just with cricket and rugby and the league and the soccer, but you know some of those other sports that you might not see too much of in the mainstream media. Well said. The, the the opportunities are there for us, and I said we did we did get out there to uh, the Macquarie Ice Rink for for one game last year. Uh, we don't obviously don't have that sponsorship anymore, but uh, that don't, doesn't mean that it can't be on the table there in in future times for us to go and do that. As I said there's enough people in this sports team that that should be able to cover enough sports um, around that we should be able to have a crack at pretty much calling everything. So we'll talk about our major sports in a moment, but we are, it is the hundredth episode here of splinters. We, we are raising the bat. We've hit the centenary for, for splinters here. Where, where, do, where does the splinters go? Cause obviously even from when, when we started it a hundred weeks ago and, and you and I obviously had a lot to do with that. And the, the, the talks about what, what we wanted to see it, obviously we wanted to have that different content to what was on the bench, but it has morphed as it's gone along, as all good things do. They, all good things don't stay the same. It's, it's adapted to what it's needed to be, whether it's been a preview or a review or an interview or anything like that, and it's been great. And I love that we can give a different a, a difference to to sport through the through splinters that we can't on the bench, where a lot of the times it is covering the same sort of stuff, which you have to do as a weekly 
leaf sports show, I understand, but it, it lets us branch out a little bit more. But I still think that the, the possibilities of splinters are endless. And we've already broken a few of the barriers. We've, we've had the all-girls show. There's more places that we can go as well with um, more interviews, more in-depth analysis, and, and we can go into sports that we typically don't are, are not able to cover um, week to week. Yeah, that's certainly something that uh, you do want to get into a lot more uh, regardless of the sort of radio that you're doing is those interviews, unless it's just a, a one-hour Shane Evans podcast sort of thing. Which, <laughs> no, How many hats can he wear for We're, it? Well, he's, he's, he's up to, to 42, isn't it? That's the universal answer, isn't it? 42? <laughs> but, um, Otherwise, he won't get them all in. Yeah, we need, we need a physio sponsorship to make sure his neck's still going all right with all the hats. They got they got to be they got to be weakening the neck by now. But um, I've forgotten completely where we were. But as far as the interviews go, it is somewhere that you want to go to make sure that you do get more interviews and where Splinters goes. Well, I can tell you that having arrived at episode 100, this is the first version of episode 100 and the only episode 100 going to air, unlike, yeah, episode one, which, which was one? a bit of a, well, episode 1.0 didn't quite make it, unfortunately. That's been lost in the ether somewhere and it's probably halfway on its way to Neptune by now. Uh, given the sort of the sort of speed that sound can travel at, but this opportunity to have episode 100 and the way in which interacting with different organisations, and we tried to talk about a couple of big issues, and certainly Kingsgrove T20 Grand Final Day or Finals Day, however you want to refer to it as, and Mizzy, I know you've still got that voodoo doll of me at home because I can still feel those little sharp pains in my side knowing when you stabbed me because you're still filthy that I was the one that got the Steve War interview and you didn't, but... Oh, I just had you on air for 12 hours calling cricket, yeah, well, you got to run around talking to Steve War, yeah, I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can't hear any bitterness in your voice whatsoever there, but certainly those opportunities, and that was and that was a thing that we did mention uh, on that podcast was that Steve Ward doesn't often talk to media outlets. He's very reclusive with his opinions and being able to show what community media and community sports media, community radio is about. And we've mentioned the number 100 several times. I'm trying to set a record for mentioning community at the same time. But knowing that there is not that agenda there to run with and just wanting to get the content out there, I think appeals to a lot of people. It certainly does. And you, you see the appreciation, which is probably the best way to, to describe it, that you see when we turn up to games, maybe not to rugby league games, if there's any New South Wales rugby league officials there, but to, to most sports, when we turn up to a ground, you see the appreciation in people's faces when they see that there's someone interested there. There's someone that's from outside their organisation wanting to put the spotlight on them. And for, for Auntie Jill and Uncle Jack and uh, for Grandma and Grandpa who can't come to the ground to see Little Billy, well, maybe not Little Billy, but Big Billy make his first grade debut or something, um, the, the fact is they can actually listen in and, and, and hear it like any other game that you would see with NRL or any of the big major companies. And that's what we strive to be. We know that we're only a community broadcaster, but I can tell you when I'm on air, when Kiwi Mix on air, when any of us are on air, we, we strive to have the same professionalism as anybody else that's on air and try and inform and entertain people as we call games. And to, to see the feedback say, with people saying, 
I, I wasn't able to get to the ground, but I loved being able to l- listen to my son play. Or when we called one of the Shoot Shield games, there was someone that was in lockdown in Melbourne and not able to, to make it to the ground, sent in their thanks because they were able to at least listen to the call of their son's first grade debut. So there are those little moments where you are bringing some smiles to the face of the community, even in the in the horrible times that we're going through. And that, that's sort of what keeps me going and I know keeps a lot of us going is that appreciation and sometimes just a nice smile and a thank you does a lot of wonders for us and that's something that i do want to touch on and we have mentioned it already a couple of times but i do want to get to as i say not the ins and outs and the nuts and bolts of the situation but the way in which the new south wales rugby league conducted themselves this year and if you've been paying attention to uh the newspapers or one in particular the Sydney Morning Herald did carry a story over the last week or so of a bit of a shall we say a staff restructuring with a few members of staff at the New South Wales Rugby League not seeing eye to eye with all the rest of them and there have been a few people let go from the New South Wales Rugby League and one in particular who we won't name (laughs) on this podcast because we won't give them the the joy of knowing that they've been mentioned, so we won't name them, but one in particular who, ever since they arrived at the New South Wales Rugby League, it just seems that the lower competitions have been taking hit after hit after hit after hit, and knowing that there is a potential restructure coming and that there could be different people there taking on different responsibilities and people who have always had the interests of the game at heart rather than looking to build their own little kingdoms. I'm really hopeful that rugby league coverage in the lower grades can really take a step forward next year because for the last few years, all that has happened is that it has just been made more and more difficult for non-commercial outlets to cover the game at those levels. And it really has been disappointing to see the way that the game has been covered really go downhill. Well, as I said, and I've said this a few other times as well, a lot of people in those positions in in organisations like that, a lot of times don't have um, the sport at heart. Don't get me wrong, there are those people there, but there are people as well that like to have it as a when they're picking up someone down the pub on a Friday night to be able to have it as the tagline, or what do you do? Well, I'm this person at this organisation and blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, they don't have the, the sport's best interest at mind. And I know we've seen a few other outlets. There's, there's the likes of Clutch TV that have been, that have been covering um, the shoot shield which we've actually worked together with they've they've done their thing we've done our thing at shoot shield games and and perhaps there may be the the rolling out of that through new south wales rugby league but we've already shown with shoot shield you can work side by side it's obviously they're different mediums we know npl in in the football in football new south wales they they have their own npl tv that's something that we're also looking at. We're working side by side next to them in, in coming years to be able to bring football to Triple H Sports. So a lot of the time it, it's it's not the be-all and end-all to have – it's either have this or have nothing. There's a place for everyone, particularly in grassroots sport, because they don't have a lot of spotlight on them. So why only have one spotlight when you can have two, you can have three, you can have four? They're not going to be competing. They're just going to be shining that light brighter. So hopefully sanity will prevail, but we just have to wait and see. 
that is what that is the real challenge is playing the waiting game now because we don't know what things are going to be looking like in three weeks time in six weeks time anybody who has a crystal ball and can tell you with any confidence what things are going to look like in 12 months time just i'm sorry take them down to bunnings buy a two by four and just let them have it because they they have absolutely no idea and it's still very much a week-to-week proposition even here in south australia where the pandemic has sort of subsided for the most part and trying to reopen so as far as what the future holds it's difficult enough at the best of times trying to predict that without having a pandemic thrown into the middle of it as well so yeah what the future holds it remains to be seen but knowing that there are organizations out there that do want to get coverage for their sports and want the sport to thrive. And as you say, there are people that just want the little name badge and the recognition and the little power trip that goes with certain positions and being able to call themselves important. But when you reach a point where you can't do anything more and you want to try and contribute in other ways, then that's when you knowing yourself that it's time to walk away and if you're ready to walk away after that then by all means go for it and certainly I've had the experiences where I've taken on a role and I've built it into something that I think can work but you reach a point where you think okay with what I have available to me I can't do any better than this and if somebody thinks they can do better and they want to put their hand up then I'm more than happy to hand over and when you get organizations where people don't have that attitude it becomes very difficult and uh, we've seen that unfold with our new south wales rugby league non-coverage this year unfortunately and what's what's the, the probably the final point on it because i think we've done it to death now and this probably should be the last place we discuss it the clubs actually would approach us and want us to come and call their rugby league games but due to those people that will remain nameless would stop us to do it so if you're, a, if you're an administrator administering a competition and if you can't listen to your clubs on something like this that is going to bring a spotlight to your game and you just want to keep going back to that no, 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 then obviously you're in the wrong profession. That's all, And that's all I want to say on that. If you don't want to listen to your clubs, then obviously you have the wrong, you have the wrong outlook and you shouldn't be there. Completely agree on that. And when you do... Uh, listen to people then you can get some great outcomes and certainly the Sydney Bears uh, Nicole Vasquez who uh, has moved on from the Sydney Bears but they're people that did listen to what we had to offer and they brought us on board and got to thank Nicole and the Bears for the opportunity to not only call that game but to also expand our coverage into the Sydney Bears and the ice hockey realm and that opened us up to new audiences and new possibilities as well and so many other people to thank but I don't know. Do we have time? Oh, we can do a few thank yous. Um, obviously, just we will tell you that we will be continuing our cricket coverage throughout throughout summer as long as we can, and we will be introducing girls sponsor, girls coverage um, in weeks that the men's T20 competition is not on. Um, we look at be doing rugby again next year. We've already started talks there, and where else will we be able to go? I don't know. Watch this space. But yes. Keith, I think we've got a minute or so for thank yous. Rick Dunlop is a big thank you. For him, we wouldn't be on the station doing this podcast. Uh, the, the, the Everybody at Triple H, I think they've been amazing with us just 
how they've supported us on as a whole. That we won't talk about a few individuals, but as a whole, to get what we want done. As Can we just do a very the quick place? shout out on mm. for uh, the patience that she showed with the bench to Shaz, who so often had to wait for us to get out of her time <laughs> slot. It was just great patience shown by Shaz. So if you listen, I'll get this right in a minute. If you're listening, Shaz, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I apologize for everything you had to deal with with Tony. Um, but yeah, but as, as I say with Triple H, if we were still in the old place, we would be nowhere near in our coverage where we are now. There's, I'm sure there's more, Keith. Who do you have to thank? Well, we have to thank Magpies Waitara, even though they have uh, moved away from sponsorship for the time being, and that's obviously an effect of the pandemic. But uh, Asquith Magpies, Pat Wisner has been great, Brian Fulmer from the club, um, all manner of people from the Hornsby Lions, Central Coast Rugby Union, uh, NPL, we called a few soccer games as well, and Cricket New South Wales, and before things did go by the wayside, with the New South Wales Rugby League, the game day officials as well, who have always been very accommodating for us, and all the other media outlets that we've worked with as well, have gone into making sure that we've been able to do what we can. Yeah, as I said, we thank everybody, the players, officials from all sports that, that have come on and, and given your time to us. You are the real stars of the uh, of the podcast and of Triple H Sport as it is. But uh, I think that's the time to ep- end episode number 100, Keith. Thank you to you for being on. We did episode one. We did episode 50. It was fitting that we were able to raise the bat here for episode 100. Certainly is, and uh, I know that you might even be paying a little bit of a visit to South Australia in the not too distant future. So, when you do arrive, make sure that you tune in as we play the best songs of all time on seven six five five double C. I'll be sure to not do that when I make my way across the border. <laughs> but uh, on behalf of the Lord Mayor Keith Topolsky, I am the wise man Matt Mears. From us too, from the whole Triple H Sports team, thank you very much for your support for Splinters for the first 100 episodes. Here's to the next 100. Make sure you keep tuning in to Splinters and to the bench and to our, and to our weekend sports coverage. Thank you very much. Goodbye for now. That's it. Magnificent. Adam Gilchrist, essentially.